0: The boy and girl met one day, they fell in love
1: while swimming the UK. He's an actor and she loves to sing. And a few years later, they still a thing. Then one day they realize the animals make them feel bad inside. So sit yourself down and have a blast. It's a fan based performance podcast. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to. The last plant based performers podcast of the season. My name's Amelia Rose.
0: And I'm Lee Petcher.
1: So let's just dive right in because each of us has a bit of good news to share. Now, no. We're not having a baby just before anybody <laughs> thinks that. Everyone says that I us. know. Literally, it's like, oh, we've got good news. Are you pregnant? No, but thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Lee, why don't you go first? Because I think yours is is the biggest news, if I'm honest.
0: Okay, yes. So on the last episode of the Plant Based Performers podcast, I mentioned that I had my first self-tape of the year. Woo-woo. And I was waiting back on confirmation as to whether I got the role or not. Mm -hmm. Drum roll, please.
1: We'll add in a drum roll. I was going to drum on the table, but we'll not. (laughs) I got the roll. Yay! (laughs) Massive round of applause
0: inserted right here, Emma, when you do the edit. Yeah, uh, I got my first ever TV roll for the nation's favourite soap, Coronation Street.
1: Amazing. And... I know you can't say too much at the moment because it hasn't aired or anything yet. So we'll, we'll obviously let everybody know when it's going to be on. Um, but how, how was filming? Because you've already filmed. It was, it was really
0: surreal. It's not like I imagined it ever to be. So... Yeah, obviously I can't say too much, but my part isn't, it isn't a massive part. It isn't a regular role. It isn't even uh, a guest lead. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those who don't know, like a regular role are your Ken Barlow's and Tyrone's and things like that. Gail Platt. Gail Platt. Uh, A guest lead is a role that my good friend, Rick Carr has just done, uh, where he went in and played Robbie, the taxi driver who uh, kidnapped Nick's son. So that's like a, a fairly chunky role. Yeah, uh, my role is what we call a day player role. It's in a couple of lines and out, mm-hmm. so it's quite short. Um,
1: Although yours, um, obviously, we can't see the story, but yours is quite an important role, yeah. I would say, because you ask a question or your line is is quite important to what then comes next. Yeah,
0: I'm. I know Coronation Street doesn't have a dump dump like EastEnders
1: does.
0: <laughs> but I'm at the end of one episode on a Wednesday and at the beginning of the next episode mm-hmm. on the, the on, on the Wednesday. So because it has two episodes. Doof, 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 doof. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm I'm part of the cliffhanger. Yeah. Is is the thing. So yeah. But it is one of those blink and miss me kind of kind of jobs. But I wasn't prepared at how fast filming was. Mm. Now a good friend of mine, director Mickey Jones. I owe you the world, Mickey. If you ever listen to this, you've been so supportive of my career. When I first met you at a workshop, you came and supported me in my play. And you've always said to me, you would keep me in mind for a role and you were true to your word. You got me in. And what I gathered from being on set with everybody around Mickey is just how good Mickey is at a director. He was Mm on it. In fact, when I got there, they were like, oh, we're running ahead of schedule. Mm. Uh, Which doesn't
1: happen very often. It very, rarely
0: happens. And he's like, so we'll get you in up to costume and makeup. And then uh, summit tweet, straight on set. And when I was on set, I kid you not, I was on set for about 10, 15 minutes and out. And the wage I got for that is just nuts. (laughs) Nuts. <laughs> but I'm going to tie it back to this podcast because this is the plant-based performers podcast. And I want to like share my experience as a vegan going on to set. And I promise I won't waffle on too much. Throughout, from me getting the role through to me going on set, a lot of people got in contact with me, makeup, costume. And I was just so excited that I'd got this role that I completely forgot to mention. Actually, I am vegan. Is there any chance of anything. Do you know mm. what I mean? To, to to support me in that. But I did. I messaged them afterwards once I had calmed down a bit and settled in. And I was like, oh, I don't want to come across, like it's my first job. I don't want to come across as one of those divas and demanding things already. But I was like, no, no, this is a a deep rooted belief I it's have It's also not now. a
1: demand.
0: It's not a demand. It's like if anybody else had it for their, whatever reasons, religion or allergies or anything like that, they would say. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I am going to say it. So I messaged them back. I messaged the costume lady, uh, the costume guy, sorry, back. Um, And he didn't reply, which is busy, totally get. Mm. Messaged the uh, makeup lady. She did get back. It's like, yeah, absolutely, no problem at all. We'll sort that out for you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Got there. And yes, the makeup was cruelty-free, animal-friendly. So I was happy with that. The costume... I can't really complain about, I think it was a silk tie that I had to wear, okay. which, and it was new as well. I had to cut the tag off. Okay. So I was a bit disappointed at that, but I'm not going to say no. Do you know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you've, you've said, is there any chance it can yeah. be as vegan as possible? And it's your first role. So yeah, if you were to go in all guns place I'm not wearing this. I'm sure it's though, difficult.
0: I'm sure if I'd have said, can I change the tie, they would have said yeah. Because yeah. when I was getting into costumes, she was like, oh if anything doesn't fit, if you want to change anything, just let us know. Okay. And I made the choice at that point as to go, do you know what? They've bought this tie. It looks good with the the, the outfit that they've chosen. I'm I'm just gonna go with it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not me, it's my character. I got around that. The only disappointing thing with Corey, and I spoke to uh, an actress about this recently and she says, that's really odd. When I went for something to eat, there was no vegan options. Mm, okay. Now, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, always be prepared to take your own food anyway, which you did prepare a lovely vegan wrap for me. And I took that because I, I really wasn't expecting I just assumed
1: eat. you wouldn't get food there, to Well, be no, honest, because so. of how
0: quick everything was, I, I really wasn't expecting to eat. So anything was a bonus. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I went up to the canteen and I did ask the, the chef. And do you know what? Fair play to him. He's like, sorry, no, we haven't got anything back. I can make you a salad. I've got avocados in the back. And I was like, mate, no, come on. You've you've done a lot here for everyone else. I'm mm. not going to put you out. He's like, no, 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 I'll make you some. I'm like, no, mate, I've got some in my dressing room anyway yeah. if I didn't have something I would have asked and I'm Again, sure I would have it's done not it.
1: about being RC but it's good that you asked rather yeah. than just going and oh, actually there isn't anything I'll just eat my own because they need to know that they need to cater. And this is it. When I
0: spoke to Melissa Johns who I found out is a a, a listener to the podcast. Yes, hi Melissa. Hi Melissa. Lovely meeting you down at 53 too, and good luck with Grantchester when that comes out. Uh, when I was speaking to her because she did quite a bit of time on, on Coronation Street she said that's really odd because there are vegans on set and yeah. they do normally cater to them. It might have been just a, a really close set that day, like not many people in, they knew that they didn't have any vegan crew or main I mean, casting. Cast, yeah. So they, they took a gamble, which is absolutely fine. But I think the only, my own criticism of my experience on that day was the lack of vegan food. But it didn't turn me off. Like I was just so happy to be there. And my God, for any actors waiting for their first role on TV, I'll end my good news with this. I was not prepared for how big those cameras were. Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of filming in the past with cameras and things like that. Uh, We've done a vlog. I do self-tapes. And the cameras, even my showreel scenes with Chris Stone, the cameras are big, but not massive, but... The TV cameras, Oof, was not <laughs> expecting that. That threw me a little bit. But again, I fluffed up a few lines and everyone was so nice about it. Mickey, the director, came out and said, oh, you missed that. Can we do it again? Absolutely, absolutely fine. And me, like any other actor of over- over-analyzed it when I came home and I was like, I was rubbish. I didn't do that. I messed that up when such and such didn't, or I don't like the way I look on screen. Guys, trust your director. Mm-hmm. Like, he wouldn't want it to go out to thousands of- Millions, possibly. Millions of audience and it looked crap.
1: Exactly. He wouldn't. Exactly. So- so that's what I said to you straight away. I said, if Mickey uh, thought- For one second that it wasn't good enough, he would have made you do it again.
0: Exactly. And so I trust him. I know it's not going to make me look like a fool. Never. So that's my first TV role in a nutshell.
1: And we are so proud of you. And we will please make sure that you watch. We'll be posting when it's on, et cetera.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll say it here. It's on on the 30th of June, Wednesday, the 30th of June. Yeah. Uh, I'm in both episodes. Try and catch the first episode if possible, because that's you get more of me in that. But yeah, do you know what? I put it down to this podcast. A lot of it, like, it's kept me going. It's kept me interested in the uh, performing industry, and people talk to me about it. So I think that's that's really good. So on that, uh, let's talk about tv mm-hmm. so there's lots of I've, I've noticed a lot of casting directors now on twitter on instagram actors if you're not on twitter and instagram get on there because a lot of castings are going out yeah twitter is
1: big for casting i see you retweeting castings all the time all the on time. twitter
0: guys follow me on twitter at lee petra if you're an actor because i try and retweet as many castings as we should I do it across. we
1: should do it from our plant-based performers page as well you know we should shouldn't yeah. we yeah, um, yeah we will we'll... because we were I'm assuming that most people listening to this are performers. So we would love to help you get your jobs. That exactly. would be incredible. So. Oh,
0: and this is a big thing for me. Like actors, don't be selfish with the roles. Like don't think oh, I'm not going to share that with anybody else because it means I get it. Mm. Just share
1: the love. Like if you're not going to get
0: it, be happy someone else well, Whilst does.
1: It's a competition. Getting the roles is competition. We need to support each other. Yeah. And it's not that
0: much of a competition. If I see someone uh, casting for a, a disabled female who is of ethnic origin, I'm never going to get that role. <laughs> so I might as well recast it for somebody who is. Do retweet you know what I mean? it, you mean. Ex- Yeah, retweet it <laughs> for somebody who is. So, yeah, uh, I'm seeing a lot of castings going out on all social medias. Um, and the, the, the big news at the moment is Horby City that has been running for 23 years I think is coming to an end next year. That's a
1: year. shame, isn't it? Because that's one of those that's one of those programs that you'll get a lot of day player roles on, yeah. isn't it? Because they have different patients every single mm. time. Why is it ending? Have they said?
0: They've not said specifically yet, but I'm going to hazard a guess. Mm. There was rumors that the BBC wanted to do a soap opera style serial drama mm. that's set in the north. Because a lot of BBC is Birmingham down. Yeah. You don't get a lot of BBC in the north.
1: So they're big soapsy standards, obviously. Exactly.
0: So I think what they're wanting to do is move some of their studios to Leeds, I believe it is, and do a a serial drama up here, which is great for people in the north because Mm. if you want to get into the BBC, it's quite hard. You have to travel down to London. Mm. So I think that's what it is, is money issues. I don't think they'd be able to support... Like is, all of them. So. Is casualty still running? Casualty is still running. And that's okay. the thing, casualty and hobby are the same hospital. Yeah. So they might as well. I always find that a little ones.
1: confusing as to why they had two programs set in the same hospital, really. Yeah. But- fair enough well I'm sorry for the cast and crew
0: I am it's Um, a lot of people out of work and you know I do feel sorry for him and where it's great for some it's always going to affect negatively on others so you know my my heart goes out to you and hopefully there'll be more work in the future for you guys
1: yeah definitely
0: so Emma that's kind of TV in a nutshell I'm saying that a lot today in a nutshell (laughs) what's your big news?
1: okay so my big news is that i got a new job round of applause right here <laughs> Emma, when you put in that in <laughs> my job so basically um like a year and a half ago almost now i applied for a job in the theaters that i was already working in i was working a zero hour contract just couldn't live on that anymore sadly Um, it's tough it it is we've all been there and I was getting shifts but it just wasn't enough Um, and I was therefore solely relying really on gigs and obviously gigs aren't guaranteed no so And, you know, that's not to poo-poo gigs. This is something that I've chosen to do. I wanted to get a full-time job. So anybody who's listening to this that thinks, oh, is she saying you should have a full-time job? No, it's just something that I wanted. It's
0: it's a choice and everyone has to make that choice at some point down the line.
1: Exactly. I'm at a point in my life personally where I feel like a full-time job is the right thing for me. And that's not saying you're going to give up gigging? No, no, I'm not. I probably won't be able to gig as much anymore. But that's, again, it's a choice that I've decided to make and it's a choice that I'm happy with.
0: And the thing with this choice is it's it's a for now choice. Mm. You're not committing to the future. And, you know, it's not saying that you, you're going to leave this job in however months. You're not. You're going to be there for for however long just, it makes you happy.
1: Yeah, just going to play it by ear. And I'm always going to sing in some capacity. So, yeah. Um. So I just wanted to get that bit out of the way. But, yes, I have a full-time job in two of the theatres in Manchester, and I'm going to be the deputy ticketing and sales manager, along with another deputy, who is my lovely friend and our manager, who again is also a wonderful woman. And I'm very excited to be in a little team with them. And I worked really hard to get this job. You did. And what happened was I didn't get it originally. So before COVID hit, um, it was, I had I had an interview last February. Yeah. Found out early, early March that I didn't get it. I was gutted, wasn't I? You were, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then went and got a different job during COVID because the theatres were closed. And I thought, well, that's it. It doesn't matter anyway, because I didn't get that job. Someone else has got it. I went and worked for a vegan company, which you'll have heard me talking about. Um, Something close to your heart. Exactly. I've been quite lucky because I've gone from theatre to a vegan company and, you know, it's great. And I was there for a year at the vegan company. I've now left and I'm just waiting for a start date for this job. Because what happened is the person who got the job no longer wants it.
0: It's funny how the universe works sometimes. And I said this to you at the time. It's like, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. And then throughout COVID, I said to you, how funny would it be if that guy didn't come back?
1: I know. I know. And we kept saying it. I kept saying, oh, how great would it be if they just turned around and said, oh, the job's yours. I mean, that's not exactly what happened. I did have to re-interview for it. But um, But how
0: different would it have been if you got the job in March Yeah, and then it shuts down?
1: Honestly, I don't think because I wouldn't have really have started yet. Nope. I don't think they would have furloughed me for that salary. No. I've been very lucky to get furlough from the theatre this whole time, but it was for my zero-hour wage, so I wasn't getting a whole load, not enough to keep us afloat. Yeah. So I would have had to get another job anyway. But
0: I don't think you would have got the job that you bought, like that you landed into. It's such a good pay because you'd be like, ah that kind of means I'm there then and I really want this theater yeah. job. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Everything has just worked My heart would have been out. somewhere
1: else. Yeah. And yes, it really has worked out so well. And the things that I've learned in the vegan job, are going to help me in this job and I'm going to do an even better job now than I would have done a year ago. So yeah. things have really, really landed into place and I can't tell you how excited or emotional I'm going to be when I walk back in those buildings for the first <laughs> time. Like I look at pictures of them all the time because I'm just obsessed. Everything
0: happens for a reason. And a no now doesn't mean a no forever. Exactly. Like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I bring it back to my TV job. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up acting and walk away. So
1: many people say that. And Gal Gadot said that. Gal Gadot, it. I don't know how you say her name exactly, but she was about to quit acting and she got Wonder Woman. Do you know what I mean? You honestly don't know what's happening
0: behind the scenes and the universe is working for you.
1: I was just about to say, I'm not a spiritual religious person particularly, but I feel like someone was looking out for me. I do. So that's that's lovely and I'm very excited I will hopefully be starting that within the next month or so um yeah
0: Whilst we're on the subject of theaters mm-hmm. 532 have now opened the doors to their new premises yeah, it on looks Watson great Street. doesn't it? it we went down we were called in for a um, a special opening before it was open to the public mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful beautiful venue. Guys, if you're in Manchester or you're popping in for the day, go check it out. And what I love about 53 too is they've thought about everything. They've thought about disabilities, yeah, all disabilities, and they've even thought about vegans as well because they're beer. There's there's vegan options there. Yeah,
1: I think um, I do find that with 53 too. I, I can't speak for all the other sort of theatres and companies and stuff in Manchester, but I do find that they're very inclusive.
0: Very inclusive. And
1: that's amazing to see.
0: So that's a, a big shout out to Simon Naylor and Alex Maxwell. And if you're down, no doubt you'll see the uh, the star of 532, Albie, the dog. Oh and my
1: God. It's the cutest. Like, <laughs> is it a boy or a girl? Albion. Is it a boy? I think so. He has. He's so skinny. He's like a greyhound, isn't he? He's so he is. skinny, but like he's supposed to be skinny. That's just. <laughs> but he's
0: oh, so cute. Don't wait, shame the dog. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but yes, please. It- full recommendations from both of us. Check out 53.2. What else is happening in the theatre world, Emma?
1: Okay, so obviously. Um, most stuff hasn't opened up again yet but some stuff has there's a lot of rehearsals going on there's a lot of castings coming out Um, I saw Hope Mill uh, doing shows now yeah Hope Mill I think i have started rehearsals for whatever show they're doing next I'm so sorry I can't remember what it is and Rent's coming back Rent is coming back I would love to see that in person because obviously if you've heard the review we did we absolutely loved it Yeah. Um, yeah so basically nothing much is happening Manchester wise of actual shows, things are starting to rehearse and stuff. Um, the theatres that I'm going to be working at, nothing is currently booked until August. So, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that's all going to go ahead. So the shows that are currently running, I believe everybody's talking about Jamie. Mm. I nearly said everybody loves Jamie. They're like... Everybody loves Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> totally different show. <laughs> I believe that started in May, um, along with the Les Mis concert. So again, it's not the Les Mis like fully staged show, it's yeah. the concert version uh, with a some old cast, some new cast. Um, you've also got Magic Mike Live is back as well, which I've never seen. But I mean,
0: <laughs> you can go to that one on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not sure that'd be your cup of tea. Um, and the only other one that is start that has started again is Six which ties in very nicely with our, uh, our guest today. Now, pre-warning, it's quite a long interview, but believe me, it's worth it. <laughs> Grace Moat was the original understudy for Every Queen in Six, the musical, on the UK tour and the West End, and is currently covering the title role in Anne Juliet at the Shaftesbury Theatre. Grace recently appeared as Chrissy in Arlene Phillips' concert version of Hair at the Turbine Theatre. She has a first-class BA honours degree in musical theatre from the Guildford School of Acting. Grace, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're super busy with all your different projects. How are you doing?
2: Uh... Yeah, really good, and thank you both for having me. I I was just saying before we started recording, like it's such a interesting concept to have a podcast on. So I was like, oh my gosh, one hundred <laughs> um, percent, because I've never done anything like it. So like merging my two worlds of yeah, that and love is really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm just cracking on with my bits and bobs um (laughs) I'm just looking at my mess of a floor actually right now because (laughs) uh, fabric everywhere because I've
1: been making masks oh yeah I saw that as well they're beautiful masks as well
2: oh thank you I'm getting there I'm getting there and I'm I'm trying not to waste any of the like faulty ones because the dream is to start an Etsy shop yeah and so maybe who knows maybe by the time this goes out I'll have it up and running but all the ones that have like maybe a little bit of thread like coming out or like the elastic's gone wrong, I'm going to give to my friends mm-hmm. um, and my family. So and I'm, I'm like, you can have the faulty ones, but like, <laughs> they're, they're, you can still wear them, but they're not, they're too faulty, I, I think in my like perfectionist brain to, to sell. sell. Yeah. So I think what um, you
0: should do is get cast members of future projects that you're in to sign the faulty ones and then you can sell them as like cast memorabilia
2: yeah I mean I feel like people to be honest, all of my masks are a hot mess, like they've all got
1: so, <laughs> <for them. laughs> so I'm sure people will still love them hopefully they will I'm sure they will, mm. so obviously, we are the plant based performers, and you yourself are plant based What's your journey into that? How long have you been plant based for? yeah, I feel like I feel like a bit of a fraud because <laughs> I've only been vegan
2: well since officially. Officially since uh, January Did January 2021 um, But I feel like for about Probably two years before that I was probably like Let's say 90% um, yeah. It was just the, the odd bit of cheese and chocolate Every now and then <laughs> Those um, are the two things it's That everyone cheese. mentions Always cheese yeah. <laughs> and chocolate The thing with chocolate Like I'm definitely over chocolate Like I found my vegan chocolate faves Which um, what's, but, what's your favourite? So the Galaxy uh, Vegan Cookie yeah. Crumble. Oh, I've not tried yeah. that one yet. We need to get oh, that one. It is amazing. And it's gluten-free as well, which is crazy. And also, what are the other ones? Vigo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can't go wrong with Vigo. Too expensive, but I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the uh, Nomo, is it called? Like Nomo, S- yes. Yeah. The,
1: the caramel Actually- one. Oh
2: yes <laughs> oh i just honestly i talk could talk about vegan finds all day long like, I have to um but yeah i think it, the thing with the cheese is because i can't i just i just can't find one that's doing it for me yet yeah um so um. but like in a burger and stuff i can deal with it but i just don't like that like coconut oil oil sure. taste. yeah it is like, quite
1: strong at times you know, you
2: know, yeah um but yeah. So like for two years before that, I was probably like 80%, like it was just the odd thing. And I kept like calling myself vegan, but then slipping up. And like back then I kind of would really get annoyed at myself if I slipped up. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided that like at that time in my life, labels just weren't health- helpful, especially yeah. at like the beginning of a pandemic. I was like, just sat around and I would just, felt so rubbish and I didn't need any more stress on top of that about accidentally eating halloumi Um, (laughs) (laughs) so so, but yeah the last time I Ate me. meat, so it's it's quite a funny story. I worked at Nando's when I was at drama school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like my second home. I spent so much time in that building. Nando's Guildford represents. <laughs> um, it was like it was strange. It was like, it, and it was such it was so much fun because um, this going off topic topic, but the majority of the staff there were at drama school, so it was okay. like really stagey, really yeah. cool Nando's. <laughs> and um, basically, I I think it was just like. I didn't like cooking meat myself anyway, mm. because um, I was scared of giving myself food poisoning. Yeah, and so I was only eating Nando's chicken and like leftovers that I'd take home, and I'd give them to all my friends in my halls and stuff. And I was really popular because um, <laughs> I always brought back the Nandos. And then I was just like, oh, I don't really like, I don't really like eating anymore. I'm just eating too much Nando's chicken. So I started trying the veggie options. I absolutely loved. Yeah, and then it was also just like being around it's so sorry just to go off topic it's really interesting talking talking to like other vegans about this because you know how like sometimes you feel really apologetic about yeah saying that like about dead animals and stuff yeah 100% about veganism around meat eaters but it's actually a really nice I feel like this really nice space where I'm being like I can't be around bones (laughs) we get it (laughs) It yeah and like usually when I tell this story I feel really bad because I know that a lot of the people I'm telling it to eat meat like all loads of my friends and family are meat eaters yeah how weird is it that you
0: feel bad talking to meat eaters about dead animals think it would be the other way around, right?
2: It's like, yeah, yeah, and it, it is sometimes I do see it when people like, you know, yeah, but we'll go on to that. And <laughs> I was just kind of like fed up of like being around bones. It was mm, yeah. really, really disgusting, yeah, like picking up bones, put them in the bin, like part of the kitchen training that I had to do was where you have to like break the legs and the ribs, sorry to kick oh, no. them, and it was it, I did it once and never did it again. It was just the worst worst thing. And I was just being around it. And this was in 2016. This was, and, um, I was just like, this is just not for me. And I started trying to do that thing where you only have like good quality meat, I say in inverted Mm, commas. So I would have the veggie option, but then like, if I went out for like a nice steak or something for my birthday, I'd have like a really expensive steak. And apparently that made me feel better. And then <laughs> it was just like, just being around it. I just, yeah, something was just telling me no. And I remember, but it was like, it was like my heart was, it sounds so cheesy, but my heart was telling me no, but my head didn't want to be that person because yeah. everyone yeah. around me ate me. And yeah. like, I feel like veganism and um, vegetarianism is so much bigger now.
1: Yeah. 100%. But
2: back in 2016, I just felt this weird thing of like, I'm not meant to be eating this. And I, but my head was going, no grace, don't be so ridiculous. I had my, I was ordering my staff meal on the little computer thing. And I ordered a chicken wrap because I was like, just eat it. Just stop being it. Just stop being this person, eat the chicken wrap. And so I ordered it and I ate my sides, my pair of chips, favorite thing ever, <laughs> and my corn on the cob. And then I just looked at this wrap and I was like, I cannot eat this wrap. I just cannot eat it. And mm. I was it, like, it was just, it was just so weird, this kind of head heart thing. And then I remember my um my boyfriend at the time, it was our it was our anniversary or something, and we were going to his mum's for dinner and we're in the car and I was like, You haven't told your mum that I've gone veggie, have you? Okay. He was like, oh, oh no. So sorry. <laughs> Like his his mum was quite um quite posh, and I yeah I, I didn't I hadn't met her that many times, and there was that massive guilt thing that came in, and that was the last day I ate meat, and that oh, was okay. the twenty eighth of July twenty sixteen. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I just remember it being the worst time ever because I was it was these like chicken skewers, and I was like, oh no. It, like, no, that's really nice. <laughs> 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 um. But yeah, that was literally the last day, um, and it feels really weird to say that. Uh, but yeah, and then I kind of, I've always just like when I was at drama school, I loved, I loved like experimenting with um, trying new recipes and mm. like finding like healthier options. I've always been like really into health and stuff, and I've I just absolutely love it. And um, I vegan wise, I decided to do it with my friend my flatmate but we're obviously not living in our flat at the moment we're both in our home homes um we were like let's just do it let's go for it and she stayed vegan as well and um we just
1: kind of send each other pictures of our meals uh it's nice to have like a sort of someone to hold you accountable like we've found that Mm. i think it's been a lot easier for for us because obviously we live together um I think it's been easier with having you do it as well because then I, it wasn't like I was having to cook different meals and and yeah. stuff you know you're not then you're not surrounded by it. it's not in your fridge it's just easier yeah. that way isn't it
2: yeah and there's been certain things that like not living with Renee my my flatmate has um have really become apparent like I can't wait to live with her again food wise because <laughs> it would just be so much easier because my boyfriend is like a big meat eater, um. Same as my parents, and like it's just like little things. Like, I'll I'm if we need like we're doing delivery food shops, but if like they haven't got something I need to go to something, I'll go to into Sainsbury's. My mum will write me a list, and she'll like mm. she'll be like, "Can you get me this like duck breast or something?" And I just Whoa. can't even bring myself to go in the meat aisle. It's yeah. that thing of like I'm like looking around, and I literally I openly like heaved in the oh, really? meat oh, the other day and oh, i was no. like oh my god i can't believe i just did that But it just came out cuz i was into, like i just walked out and i was like uh. <laughs> and someone looked at me like are you okay do you not <laughs> feel
0: do you not feel oh. comfortable going up to your mom and saying mom look i really can't do that i, I can't get you the, the meat and the, the dairy products anymore because it's it's against my yeah. ethics i just cannot do that
2: yeah yeah i know i think well i came back and i said I literally openly heaved I can't I can't
1: I literally (laughs) can't go in that aisle again I can't even look at it and it makes me like a friend of mine at work who's also a vegan told me that apparently the in the meat aisle you can just find like cow's hearts and things just in like packaging and I was like oh my god like that's horrendous like a like a steak's bad enough but I've never seen that but apparently you can <laughs> oh, oh vile! It's just so many
0: comparisons that, that come to my mind, and none of them are really nice. But it's like, if your job was to to go around killing someone, and it's like, oh, could you just kill that person for me? you you quite happily go no that, that that's wrong but yeah when it comes to buying meat and buying dairy because there's not that much of an emphasis on it at the moment people kind of feel guilt in the fact that they go oh my mum asked me or my dad asked me or my best friend asked me yeah. so yeah of course I'll pick it up and you're kind of wrestling with your own ethics at that point
2: yeah it is definitely it's definitely what I need to think about and like it's so interesting, isn't it? You saying about the whole like what you can find on the meat aisle. Because I bet if I brought that home and said, Oh Mum, here you go for dinner, I've got cow's heart. Yeah. she go, Oh no, I can't eat yeah. that.
1: And yeah, like, exactly.
2: But you literally <laughs> have everything else, like
1: <laughs> heart,
2: but you can't eat the heart because it was it was a beating heart. Loss. Yeah, it's well, the same. I hate with... to break it through. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's the same with like dog and stuff. No one in this country would dare eat dog, but obviously. We're we're made to believe that cows and pigs are a different kind of animal, aren't we? Like they're it's, less uh, than yeah. and they're not. Every yeah.
0: animal is just as smart and just as intelligent as the next.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I remember someone saying to me, Oh yeah, I only eat chicken because um they're like the dumbest animal. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean no okay. <laughs>
1: when Absolutely people say no fish sense. don't have feelings and stuff, you're like,
2: Yeah. They do. And then the whole like, if there's like a farm program on and they're like, oh, look at those little piglets. I'm like, you eat them. <laughs> like, how can you say that? Exactly. It's baffling. Absolutely I'm by you all.
0: <laughs> so you went vegetarian in your drama school days?
2: Yes. Yes. So it was. It was my first year of drama school. Yeah. So,
0: I I never went to like a London drama school, but I can only imagine that the fees there are phenomenal anyway, and all your your equipment and your books and and all that. But food, and especially around about that time, because veganism wasn't as uh, widely available as it is now. I'm guessing vegan yeah. food was expensive back then. How did you combat that?
2: Yeah. Um. Oh, it's it. It was hard, and like something I've been really enjoying at the moment is like I'm I'm trying to have the mindset of eat the rainbow with nearly every meal I make. Mm. So trying to make more vegetable based dishes because I I love a meat substitute. I love a vegan yes. Kiev. I love yes. a vegan sausage. A vegan like the corn vegan pieces. The meat-free sausages I love them all and that kind of was kind of my go-to or like like beans on toast <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. vegan. um love it <laughs> yeah I I'm trying to think like way it feels so long ago um but yeah it just prep was what I tried to do the best and it was it was I would just kind of take the standard student meals like pastas stir fries beans on toast and just make them veganized so make tofu and things like that. Um I was also very lucky that I had um Nando's because like I got a lot of free food from there. So like if like the sweet potato wedges went off or the macho peas, not went off, but as in like, (laughs) you know, past the cell mold all over them. I just eat them. I just eat all the mold. No. But um yeah that there was there was so much wastage. Um Mm if I was on an evening shift, I'd take home like loads of stuff and it would like see me through. So that was really handy. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't even know. I just cracked on with it really. Um, It was always kind of like cereal or yogurt for breakfast was kind of the classic porridge or something. Lunch, I feel like would be like a leftover dinner Mm. (laughs) that I'd made the night before. (laughs) So like a leftover stir fry or something or a sandwich, like. I do like corn, um, corn sandwiches and things like that. And then, yeah. yeah, and then dinners was just whatever I had really, lots of fajitas and things like that. And actually, like my housemates loved all the loved all the um, stuff that I used to make. And like corn nuggets, we would have all the time. Like, yeah, love corn
1: nuggets. We we got into a really bad habit after going vegan, just yeah, literally eating like corn nuggets and wedges like every single night it's vegan it's healthy right
2: yeah (laughs) vegan junk food is the best um yes they used to really like that but they, they didn't like when i used to try and make like you know like um sweet potato brownies and things like that yeah they'd be like oh it tastes like soil (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: I'm getting there with them (laughs) so you um obviously are in the industry as well you've been on the west end and everything how did you get into the industry was it something you always wanted to do
2: yeah yeah definitely pretty much since as long as I can remember um uh so I obviously went to GSA went to drama school mm. and then got my agent through there um and then with six it was literally like I was so 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 lucky I basically just went straight into it um all that kind of right place at the right time everything happens for a reason kind of thing um and I hadn't uh I hadn't got in the year before I had a gap year
1: right. um
2: and yeah and so I, I got into drama school and I honestly think it like. it I do think if I'd got in that year, I would be very different now because my gap year was incredible. And also, I don't know if I would have got six because I might have been doing something else or I might have, it might have just not been for me. They might have specifically been looking for a graduate spot. Mm. Um, So I got six and that was amazing. I had time in my life. I did 15 months in that and it was just, I did a six month tour um, covering the whole show on my own and then we went and opened in the West End and um, became alternates and then two other castmates joined us and it was just so fun Um, and then I got Anne Juliet through my agent again but I'd worked with the director before so yeah it just kind of perfectly slotted in right place at the right time as I say Um, there was a bit of a tricky time because there was an overlap so I did five weeks' workshop of Anne Juliet doing Anne Juliet in the day and then six in the evening. And then a break. Well, before we started official rehearsals. And then when official rehearsals started again, I did five weeks again doubling up. And that mm. was like probably the hardest 10 weeks of my life. Like it. just mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> um, but Yeah. I think, I think in terms of like getting to drama school, I just always wanted to do it. Went to Saturday schools, worked my bum off, just saw as much theater as I could, um, and made as many connections as I could. I did like things like NYMT and summer programs and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of just slotted in Been very, very lucky.
0: I think it's good that you said there that you, you didn't get in the first year, but you took a gap year and you experienced life and you were prepared to take that opportunity again the next year when it came for you. I know a lot mm. of people who audition for drama school and then they don't get in the first year and they think that's it, I'm rubbish. And it, it's never that case. It's
2: oh, not, no. It's,
0: you don't know the it's reasons why you didn't so get in. It's so
2: hard. Yeah, yeah. And if I hadn't had that gap year, I honestly think I'd be a different person. And... I gave myself five years to get into drama school. I, mm-hmm. I, I was, I went to the GSA Saturday school beforehand. So I I knew how competitive it was. Um, and so I gave myself five years and I was like, I'd been offered a foundation course and I was like, well, I want to have a gap year first. I just want to live like a normal human because yeah. it's probably going to be the only time I can. <laughs> um, and then, uh, if I, then I'll do the foundation and then I'll go, hopefully if I get in, um, but I luckily got in that next year. But I probably would have had another gap here, to be honest, because I was living my best (laughs) life. Um, But yeah, it's it's funny how things work out. Like, you will... And honestly, I'm actually really happy I wasn't in the year above um, because I loved my year to bits. Like, I've met friends for life there, so... Oh, I hear that
0: all the time. Uh, Another friend of mine, he went to uh, Manchester. He said he didn't get in the first year. And when he got in the second year, he looked at the... that the year that he, he first applied for. And it was like, I don't fit in with any of them. There the mm. literally wasn't a place for me amongst that, that group. Mm. Whereas okay. I fit in so well with everybody in my year. And I think, you know, it could just be down to that. I've heard rumours. I don't know if it's true or not, but they're always looking to cast a certain show. So they, they go off yeah. people like that
2: whether they suit that
0: kind of role or anything like that they are basically building a company from scratch well yeah it was definitely
2: we all brought our different things to the table and it was funny because my three best friends now alex jed and lewis they were in the year above and lewis has been one of my best mates since we were like 12 and then (laughs) alex and jed they moved into the house next door and then we kind of built the connection from living next door to each other and I really, I don't know if we would have been best friends that we are now if we were mm. in the same year. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. Yeah.
0: It's corny, but everything does happen for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you got your agent off the back of that, the year that you were in, then you got six and it just all, it just all seemed to pan
2: Yeah. Out. I know, very lucky. I get a bit worried because <laughs> <like>, oh gosh, <laughs> have I peaked? <laughs> What's happened? Why is it all going so well? Oh, it's so weird good. that we have that mindset as humans. We're like, when's it going to go wrong? <laughs> oh, it's because sure. we're,
0: we're ingrained with that from like way back when, from hunter-gatherers. Mm. We had to always keep an eye out what was behind the corner that could potentially kill us. We don't have that worry mm. anymore, but the the, uh, the yeah. mechanism in the brain is still there
2: so interesting yeah and don't get me wrong like I still have goals like I I want to play a lead one day and all things like that so I'm always working towards something yeah um what is yeah. the
0: dream role if we could cast you in anything right oh, now
2: what gosh. would that be uh uh I've got Eliza in Hamilton is like yes. definitely yes. up there. I really want to play that role. I think it's such an amazing like acting role as well as singing. Like mm. you yeah. play so many different ages and it's very exciting. I also love Eurydice in Hadestown, mm. but I don't know if it's ever going to come back. I just love the music in that. Um, and then probably Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw <laughs> that one in. Love Legally Blonde. <laughs> yeah. They're my top three. I love that.
0: Every time we watch Hamilton now, because I'm obsessed with it on Disney+, Plus. Mm. every time we watch it, Emma will turn around to me and go, I really like Eliza. And then Angelica, yeah. one I'm like no, nope, I really like Angelica. Yeah, I can't,
1: I can't decide which one I like most. I mean, I would, I would play neither of them, but um, yeah. yeah, I can't decide which one I like most. I'd be more likely oh. to be like Washington or something. <laughs> I love it. It's such. A I'd good
0: be Samuel Savory, really, wouldn't I? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so with you being on tour and stuff, um, for a while with six, as you said, how did you find eating like vegetarian, vegan while you were on tour? Did you have any sort of Issues with that or um no, I I actually loved it. Uh
2: firstly because we did six weeks at the Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. where there is vegan food coming out of your ears. Like there are so there were so many like cool like vegan stalls and like independent coffee shops, and there was a place called Hendrix. I don't know if you've heard of Hendrix. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, the best vegan cafe I've ever been to. Um And I really loved it because I made a, um, a food blog, uh, on Instagram, kind of like a, yeah, a foodie Instagram account for vegan food. And, um, I started it in GSA to kind of like, uh, kind of what you said, help people with ideas on a budget for vegan meals. Um, and then I used it again as an opportunity to like tour around the UK and like Mm -hmm. find different places. Um, bit expensive because I was like oh an independent vegan coffee shop let's go there for lunch oh an independent vegan restaurant let's go there for dinner and (laughs) instead of like prepping I could have definitely done more prepping but I also think it was because I was a swing and on tour I didn't go on as much because not many people go off on tour so I could just like nip out early Mm -hmm. before the before the bowels and have have a bite to eat somewhere. Yeah. Um, or I could sit and have a takeaway while the show was on. So no. it was, it was quite <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I I found it all right actually. Prep wise, I think we were quite lucky that we had like a kitchen area in every theater we went to or at least a microwave. So like if I was struggling, I'd run to Tesco's and grab like a microwaveable meal. Um yeah, some places even had hobs and things yes. like that oh, so you really? could do a whole little yeah um, I specifically remember actually in Southampton like cooking uh Linda McCartney's vegetarian duck <laughs> in like the green room and all the like the techies <laughs> were like what are you doing so like, yeah. Um, yeah it was it was actually fine it was quite interesting actually if like I don't know about you but I like spending my money on food. Like mm-hmm. I just love food. Like I am happy to like, I, I'm not going to live on cereal and beans no. and toast if I don't have to, like if yeah. I can treat myself to some yummy food or some yummy vegan chocolate, I'm going to do it because <laughs> that's the kind of things that make me happy. And you know, yeah. can't take it money with you when you die. So it might exactly. yummy food. <laughs> um. So yeah, I kind of, looked at the tour experience as a time to explore what different cities had to offer vegan-wise. Um, and it was really interesting. Really enjoyed Is it. Is there
0: any cities that you found were better or worse than others?
2: Yeah. Um, Edinburgh was better, best, probably. Um, oh, and obviously London was part of that tour in mm-hmm. West End. We did like a five-week Western run in the tour and that was good. Kingston was also amazing in Kingston along the river. They have mm-hmm. like quite a few vegan places, or at least like places with lots of vegan
1: options. Mm,
2: yeah. Um, Manchester was amazing because obviously it's very city. I was in Manchester. 100%. Yeah, 100%. In Manchester. <laughs> um and I think I can't try to think of where wasn't good we oh do you know where also was quite good Norwich we went no. to Norwich. oh really yeah because there's a lot of like there's a lot of crystals and witches shops like it's very quite a hippie town right um and so yeah and hippies but, and
0: vegans go hand in hand
2: yeah I mean <laughs> of course it's so funny when people assume you're a hippie because you're a vegan isn't it yes um, there weren't as, yeah, there wasn't as much going on in Norwich for, you know, like Manchester's like loads of restaurants and coffee yeah. shops and it's like city vibes. There wasn't as much in there, but yeah, it was like in the supermarkets and stuff. Yeah.
1: um
2: Cambridge wasn't great. I don't remember. We weren't there mm. for that long, but. Come on, know.
0: Cambridge. You've got yeah. the university, get the vegan stuff yeah. in there now as well. Yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> and I think Southampton as well wasn't. I can't yeah I can't remember being that great I was doing a lot of prep in Southampton um but that it it could have also been like the area of the theater because we were so busy that to be honest I only really saw my digs (laughs) and the theater um that was something I remember actually that I did struggle with in the um the digs I stayed in in Southampton you kind of got a room and then like a microwave and a kettle
0: Mm.
2: and it was quite hard to thing and like a tiny little mini fridge and so like thinking of food then I was a bit like oh this is a bit tricky and so I would eat out a lot um or I'd have like cereal for breakfast every day so it didn't really change massively but in terms of like I couldn't really make anything Mm -hmm. on a hob or like make anything fresh it was all kind of like microwavable stuff or cold stuff yeah Um, so that was interesting but i i coped with it we were only there for a week and a bit um but yeah i think edinburgh honestly i think edinburgh is the best in terms of finding nice independent Shout out places to edinburgh. yeah it was because it was the fringe as well probably yeah. so like they all the vegans were thriving I
0: think, it, I think it's funny what you said there like people think life on tour is Phenomenal! You get to go see all these different places. You get to experience all these different cultures, these different mm. ways of life. It's not like that. You're in your digs, mm. then you're back at the theatre.
2: Then yep. you're
0: too shattered to go out, so you're back at your digs and yeah, then you're back at
2: theatre. I, I know, and that that was the thing. Like I had so many regrets from the Edinburgh Fringe that I didn't go out and do stuff more, but I was just knackered. Yeah, like, I just I couldn't be bothered to go and see shows because I was like, I'm so tired. Um. But I know that I do I will be there again and I'll go Mm. there as a holiday, like as a visitor, because working there is just crazy Did you have to do the
0: did you have to go up on the mile, is it Mile High, Mile Road? And start flying. Yeah, the Royal Mile and start flying. I think
2: we um we were quite lucky because we were like the biggest one of the biggest shows there. Um that was kind of when we blew up so every show was sold out it was like the one that people queue in to get tickets for we were so lucky um but we did do a little performance on on the mile yeah it was Lovely. it was interesting <laughs> i
0: remember when i was doing a show at the fringe uh it was with a drama school and it was a devised piece that we did it was called mug It's all about coffee coffee shop conversations Oh, cool. <laughs> and my character gets killed. So on the, the Royal Mile, pissing down weather, I'm there, like sprawled out as, you know, like the chalk outlines of a murdered body, which flyers oh, yeah. all around me like ah, You just a
2: lie on the floor? Fly on the floor. Oh, God. And They're the best ones. They're the best ones to get attention. <laughs> it,
0: we did. We got a, a massive crowd around us. Nobody <laughs> came to the show, but we had a massive crowd around us. <laughs> yeah. And a guy dressed as Mario came up and tried to give me CPR. Oh. The weirdest Time
1: of my life. Oh, <laughs> Very interesting. Find it all at the Edinburgh fringe. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about six, let's talk a little bit about six. Cause we, well, sadly, we were supposed to see it last year at the Lowry, but uh... we couldn't. But we will hopefully see it this year because I believe it's back. Um, you were you the first person to cover all six parts? Yeah. Yeah. How was how was that? Cover. How do you how did you remember all six parts? Oh you tell me I don't know like, I just
2: uh I gave up my my life for three weeks basically and just went to rehearsals got on the train looked over my notes on the train went home scoffed some food and then picked up my controller pretended it was a microphone and just went over whatever we did that day in all six different roles went to bed for like four hours and then woke up and did it all again but like the thing Very about awesome. new musicals is that it's just changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'd learn a routine in six different ways. Go in is completely changed. Oh, I have to no. do it again. So it's just, <laughs> so it, I mean, it's the magic of new musicals, but it's mm-hmm. also the pain of it. Like, and especially when you really enjoy routine, you're like, no, why <laughs> did you cut that bit? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was lonely. It was challenging. Uh, but, I got, I got through it and I, I feel like there was a big movement for understudy support in that mm. time. And I was very grateful that I gained as much of a following as everyone in terms of like support, um, because like people would come and book to see me like, cause they'd seen the other person and they hear that I'm on and they, they wouldn't. Not go They'd book to go Because they're like Oh someone else is playing Arrogant Let's go on that date yeah. they, And then they'd be like Like I had people Who'd see me in All six roles wow. Yeah Grace Swingo um, <laughs> And they Yeah They used to literally be like When are your Howard dates When are your Arrogant dates When are your Seymour dates And they'd literally book And I like Thinking about that now Like saying out out loud It's just Incredible Like I think how, that's amazing Yeah There was such a stigma around understudying before Mm. about like especially with celebrity casting yes people like horror stories of people walking out when they hear people booing people like wanting their money back when the celebrity
1: isn't playing the role I've had that in box from working in a box office in a theater we had a celebrity in um Shall we say a Whitney Houston musical, Um, Um, a celebrity was playing the main role and she got ill and couldn't, she couldn't sing. So therefore the alternate came in and I had people shouting in my face, telling me that they needed a refund because they specifically came to see this person. And I was like, yeah, your ticket doesn't say this person in concert it says yeah. this show you're still seeing the show you're not getting a refund <laughs> yeah it's it's
2: honestly disgusting and like I I know that like when I go on for Juliet now I know for a fact that there will be people in the audience who don't know anything really about musical theatre have just booked it after a nice dinner seen some cheap tickets in a and been oh let's go see Aunt Juliet then look at all the pretty posters that Miriam is all over outside and then they'll sit down and they'll see me and go that's not Miriam that's not the main girl even though they don't know who Miriam is they don't know who I am yeah. and they'll instantly be annoyed that they're seeing the understudy do you know what I mean and yeah. I it's just that weird thing you just have to accept and think yeah. I have a story to tell and I'm going to tell it and you're going to respect me and I'm very very lucky that pretty much every time I've been on It's Juliet there's been someone who someone from six or like a, a theatre supporter has come booked to see me and yeah. it's just the most incredible ridiculous feeling ever knowing that
1: there's like at least someone in there who wants to see me can I be but- totally honest with you so I saw we saw Anne Juliet yes. um I saw it twice or three times at the Manchester Opera House each time it was Miriam that was Juliet. And then when I found out that you'd gone down to London and you'd done your first show, I was like all over YouTube trying to find bootleg videos. I was like, I want to see Grace's Julia. <laughs> well, do you know what there is there is a bootleg
2: actually of my debut. And honestly, I've what I've like skimmed through it. I am a rabbit in headlights. Oh I'm literally like I don't know what's going. I'm literally like walking in space. Um, But yeah, oh that's sweet. Um, Yeah, I I do love it, and it's just something that you just gotta crack on with and get over. I guess.
1: If someone who maybe doesn't know theatre very well happens to be listening to this, you are first cover Juliet. What does that mean? So
2: first cover. There's usually two covers. so I go, I go on if Miriam is off. So mm-hmm. holiday, sickness, injury. Um, yeah, all of those things, uh, I'll be on. And then if I go off after that, then second cover, Danielle Fiamani will go on. So is that <laughs> yes, frozen? Oh. oh yes, so she is. Yeah. So is that,
0: is that understudy or is understudy different to first cover?
2: Oh no, it's the same. It's, it's the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say. But like me and Danielle are both understudies. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I guess, first understudy.
0: But you're yeah. still part of the ensemble as well. You yeah. Yeah. See yeah. It. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and then when I go on, there's a swing who is off stage who will then play my part.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what's a they swing? Cover-
2: so, uh, swing <laughs> is you can have an non-stage swing, but it's quite rare. Um, a swing is someone who's off-stage knows pretty much all the parts, um, ensemble-wise, mm-hmm. and then so when the ensemble go on for their covers, the swing goes on for the ensemble, ensemble. members track. Yeah, <laughs> <That being said. laughs> um, yeah. I guess six was a whole different ball game because I classed myself as a swing in the first six months because, but there were only six. People in the show, so I technically mm-hmm. it was like an unstudied first cover. Everyone swing. I don't
1: know. I don't even know what I was doing. I wrote the um,
2: cheeky tune, sang the tune. yeah. Sang the tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's that from Little Britain? Little yeah, Britain. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I know that? Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting world. But then you can also have swings who are like
1: second cover this part or like first yeah cover yeah. Do you cover anyone else in Anne, Juliet* or is it is it just Juliet that you cover? Just Juliet. I don't think I could do it anymore. more. Like even <laughs> just going on Juliet is just too much pressure. <laughs> so that first night that you did go on for Juliet, um, was that your your first performance as a West End leading lady? Then technically,
2: yeah, yeah, it was. It was technically my first, like, because you know people say oh six is all leading ladies, but you know it's an ensemble piece. Mm. Yeah, but. Yeah. Having carrying a title role, a story about my my story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Was that was it planned or was it had Miriam got sick or it was it was planned. Yes, it was
2: planned because, uh, I think Miriam had a tele performance or like a tele interview or something. And it was just a lot on that. It was the 27th of November. remember it. And I just remember (laughs) it had been a lot around that time in terms of with the rehearsals and stuff. And they're like, we need to give her a break because the track is so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they said, you're going to be on, on this night. And I think it was like a week in advance. Um, sure. So that was nice. It was did nice you take
0: anything that. as a memento for, the, for your first time as a leading lady? Did you just nick anything like, yeah, that's
2: it? I did it. <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I mean, I got, I was so, so lucky. I could have run a florist after that night. Oh, bless. <laughs> you. so many flowers um, and like cards and things like that. So I've kept all of them. I keep everything that I'm given. So I'm excited to look back on that. And from my first night and things like, um, I got this really cute, like star alignment picture. Hmm, so it's cute. like the star alignment of the night I made my debut, like the actual nice. what was the I love star that. alignment, um, and then it says like Grace's Juliet debut this day, and yeah, that was oh, from it's one of the most amazing supporters, Sophia Moore. If you listen, woo, um, <laughs> yeah, little things like that, I just love it, love it. That's awesome. So,
0: out of all the characters that you've played, Juliet and the six, yeah. which ones would be vegan? Do you think?
2: Oh, oh that's such a good question uh i feel like Juliet could be vegan mm. um but if it was a six girl i feel like it would probably be jane seymour yeah um because she's the most like thoughtful and caring and nice Com- yeah she's <laughs> she, her that that comes quite compassionate being yeah, yeah it's very compassionate like she's thinking about others um you know she's she's quite yeah that's a really tricky question because it's fit so bad that I'm like if you're vegan you must be nice <laughs> Not nice vegans out there but um, yeah i think jane let's go for jane excellent i love that
0: so you've been part of two brand new musicals mm. did you know going into rehearsal that these were going to be as big as they were on or... uh
2: no no neither of them we so like six we didn't even know the songs the script the routines we literally just thought it was going to be a six-month tour
1: um
2: like lots of schools like educational uh school trips and things like that we had no idea what was it what it was going to be and I think that's kind of why the bond that I have with those girls is so strong still because we kind of went through that watched it like blow up around us this crazy thing um and then on Julia, i kind of knew it was going to be big deep down because of the budget behind it yeah. uh, the people behind it like max yeah. martin yeah. actual max martin mm-hmm. um and also like they knew it was going to be going to a category A theater. Like it was just very much like this is going to be big. We all yeah. know it's going to be big. It's the perfect show to go and see to like lift
1: you up night out. Everyone I, knows the I can't even explain how much. Like it, it was it was the boy band that got me right. Yeah, I love boy <laughs> bands. Watching that for the first time, you were sitting uh, next to me. I was just like, ah! yeah, yeah, it,
2: yeah. So I guess I I did know but there was no proof. So that Mm. was the scary thing because like, obviously like we knew that like punters were going to enjoy it. And like, you know, girls not out, Hindus, things like that, like tourists. But it's funny how you get more worried about what critics and theatre people think and your theatre friends. Mm. So I I remember that first night us being like, we don't know how this is going to go. We don't know if people are going to laugh. We're just going to go out there and just, hopefully someone will laugh <laughs> and they were howling that first yeah. show like roaring of laughter and we all kind of because you know when you get so used to jokes that you're like is this even funny anymore yeah when you read the script you're like oh my gosh this is comical genius um yeah so we just kind of forgot we didn't know if it was funny or not and I remember us all being in the wings hearing one of Cassidy and Ollie's scenes and being like people are laughing. like it was so like we were just so shocked and it's funny to think back at it now but yeah they're a great team those two as well aren't they oh I just love them both they're honestly uh, the coolest auntie and uncle I've never had
1: (laughs) I mean that must be amazing for you as well because I imagine you grew up sort of loving Wicked and stuff and then going and working with Fiero like that's that's cool yeah
2: well funny funnily enough Cassidy was first cover alphabet, mm. and I saw Wicked and like my first time seeing Wicked as a stage child like it's a big thing for everyone mm. like my, um, my Elphaba and Fiero were Cassidy and Ollie
1: <laughs> oh really wow.
2: yeah I actually you'll have to go I'll have to send it to you but I did a tweet of um like I can't remember what the caption was, but it was me at the stage door with Cassidy, and then me on stage taking a bow as Juliet with Cassidy. And Aww. I was like, "The world is crazy." <laughs> and like, I've got their signatures on my programs. Like, it's just mental. I, I look love at that. like, like <laughs> And now they're my friends. It's weird.
0: Did you <laughs> proper fangirl over them when you went in for like first rehearsals?
2: Yeah. Well, I I remember like I remember being really really scared about how they're gonna be because I was like, if they're not nice, my dreams will be crushed. Yeah. I've, I've looked up to them for so many years. Like and they were like the main two as well. I didn't really I don't think I knew anyone else apart from like my friends who are mm. obviously, I obviously do fan gun ever, but not in that way. And <laughs> um, so I was really worried. And then I remember Ollie saying something and like Cassidy is just like beautifully bonkers. Like she is a pocket <laughs> rocket of absolute joy like she is one of the strangest but most beautiful people I've ever met in my life and so I kind of like got that vibe straight away like she walks in a room and bam she's here you're like okay you're Cassidy you are just amazing I could watch your day she's such a character But Ollie, I was like, oh my god, he's so like tall, dark and handsome and like has this like mysterious beard. And um, <laughs> mysterious. I was really, yeah, I was really worried. <laughs> and then he just said something. I can't remember what it was, but it was just so normal. And I was like, okay, you're really cool. And then he like talks about his kids and his wife and like, oh, bless his dog had recently died when I first no. met him. And he was talking about that. And it, I was just like, you're so normal like mm. he's just so normal like such a lovely guy um who adores his family adores his job and he's just he's still one of my idols obviously um but now i get to like I don't have to like pay to ask him questions. So Sometimes <laughs> I, I like sit in, um, we'll be sitting in the wings. And I'm like, so what do you do to warm up? Like, how do you like and <laughs> ask him questions about his voice? Cause he has like, not even in just in musical theater, but in the general world, he has one of the most incredible live vocal skills yeah. I've mm-hmm. ever heard. Um, I'm going to tell him to listen to this because he'll never he'll never be mean to me again. Obviously. i have big up Ollie Thompson big time.
1: Ollie, um, yeah, please yeah. do listen, Ollie, and let us know you've listened because big fan over here as well. <laughs> yeah, Ollie, I'm but just yeah.
0: jealous of you, mate. So it's
1: fine. <laughs> We're that all jealous. Where, the bit where he rises out of the uh, out of the stage. I know. And like, oh god, that's I know. sexy.
2: <laughs> Sometimes he just sings, and we all just get annoyed because we're like. How does he make those sounds? <laughs> Honestly, we just get we're just
1: like, I give up. Should we all just leave? <laughs> so he's actually been a guest on your podcast as well, hasn't he? Yeah. You want to tell us is. a bit about your your podcast and your YouTube channel? What is it all about? Yeah. Um, so they both
2: kind of started as like a bit of fun because I was bored. Um, YouTube was something I'd wanted to do for a really long time, but was just so scared of what other people thought of me. Mm. Um, And then I thought, hey, lockdown's the best time to do it because I don't see any people to be able to judge me So if they're judging me They can just silently do it How funny
0: <laughs> I, You're a West End actress You go out In front oh, yeah. of thousands of people Every night
2: Yeah You
0: still have that Reservedness yeah. Going If I put myself Out there on the internet People are going to judge me
2: It happens to because, everyone Yeah It's so interesting And Because it's a character that I go on stage as as mm. you know cheesy as it sounds, but it is it's it's material that someone else has written it's songs that someone else has written, so going on YouTube and being like this is my actual personality as a human, I think it actually quite kind of shocked some people, well they all knew I was you know a bit wacky, but <laughs> i I just did I did just want to go on there and just be myself and like yeah. do stupid challenges and get my friends involved and do fun things like that and it just yeah people love it and like it's it's quite a little small space i've got, I've got like seven point seven thousand subscribers well hello <laughs> yeah if you're listening, subscribe and i was like yeah i want to get to 10k by the end of 2020 but the thing with youtube is like it's such a hard slog because so many mm. people watch videos about subscribing and i'm a i'm a victim of it as well like, i do it all the time um but yeah so I kind of just gave up with that. I was just like, "Oh, I'm just going to put the videos out and it's not it's not about the subscribers, it's just about the fun." Yes. Um and so that happened and then I love I really would love to be a presenter one day when I'm uh older and like done with theater. Um it would be the dream and I was like, "I'd love to use this time to like start working on my skills in that field." That's a great and, idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd recently uh, signed with an incredible manager who works a lot with like digital talent presenters, TV personalities. And, um, she assisted me in starting cut to the grace, my podcast. Um, and I don't think I would have done it again if it wasn't for her, uh, like giving me that kick and being like, you should just do it. And it's honestly just I just love it so much. I love it. And the kind of reason, another reason I started it was because kind of similar to you, I guess. I just wanted to prove to people that we are just so much more than our job. And we are, we like, you know, like we're vegans. We're like, I don't know. We like this hobby or we have been through this crazy experience. that has nothing to do with theater. We, I don't know, maybe lost someone in our life. We've, gain someone in our life like we have so many stories to tell that aren't about what's your favorite um costume I don't <laughs> know I think off the top of my head but as much as I love doing those interviews and I love um doing theater blogs and things like that I love it and talking about theater I also love just finding out who people actually yes. are apart from their job and like what else they thrive in and what else they've been through yeah maybe to get to where they are and it's it was a really interesting concept to go through and I feel like people some people were quite shocked especially when they came on because they'd be like I didn't think we were going to talk about that and I'd be like (laughs) yeah but that's that's what I think of when I think of you I think like like my one of my really good mates who I'm thinking of right now Jocasta who was in uh, and Juliet with me she was in Um, Rent as well wasn't she yeah, yeah, oh, no. yeah. We watched that. Yeah, you need to was... get her on this because she's vegan. Is she? Well, we yeah. will show. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But um, I said to her, I was like, um, I try and interview people based on what I think of when I first think of them. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Jacasta, yeah, obviously she's. I'm very lucky that she's one of my colleagues. But I also think of like her confidence, her presence, her health, her, you know, like zest for life. Like I think of that. And I was like, I want to talk to you about that. I don't. I know that you're in and Juliet and you play this and that, I, you know, this is it. Yeah. You anyway, see her every night doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going off on the tangent, but yeah, that was kind of the reason. And also just cause I've got really cool mates and I think they've got really cool stories to tell. And sometimes we have conversations. I'm like, I feel like someone would really benefit from this conversation. So yeah, I just, I just like talking about everything and anything. There's not really any kind of specific theme or anything. Mm. Um, And I think they're, they're kind of the nice conversations that I, I enjoy. Um, and yeah. And then when I like every now and then I'll get an email being like, thank you so much for having this conversation. It's really made me like look at something a different way or help me on this. And I'm I'm like, that is the reason I do it. Whether it's one person or a hundred people, I'm like, it's just so rewarding. Uh, for something that I just did for myself. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. I didn't, I didn't do it for anyone else. I just did it because I love having chats and I love, you know, sharing those chats. So yeah, I, I want to just keep going until I die. <laughs> the, podcast, <laughs> the longest running podcast in the world. <laughs> I mean, uh, when you came
0: on earlier and you said you've got a lot of different projects, I knew about the the podcast and the YouTube channel. Didn't know about the masks. I mean you just yeah. don't <laughs> stop.
2: You did not um, yeah. stop. I know it's it is it's a blessing and a curse because like I'm I'm trying to teach myself to sit down and read a book at the moment. That's how mm. much I just can't. But I'm trying to find like different things relaxing. So for example, I find being at the sewing machine really relaxing and therapeutic because I can just put on a podcast or an album and get lost in it and just mindlessly do something because I know now how to make my masks. I'll just mindlessly do it uh, with (laughs) kind of ease Um, and (laughs) I really enjoy it. And so I'm just trying to find different ways that I can relax and mindlessly relax while still feeling like I'm doing something because if I just sit there and stare at a ceiling and listen to a podcast I can't I have to no. move around or like tidy my room or something um but yeah I, I mean the dream is to to open a Etsy shop um and then like start with masks I'd love to I've ordered some beads I'd love to make some necklaces um but that's actually speaking about like I guess veganism with like performance side hustles and stuff. It's been a really interesting thing now because obviously, you know, some people do just eating veganism. I'm personally trying to do like everything as much as I can.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I kind of boycotted um fast fashion like when I was at the beginning of the first lockdown, because again mm-hmm. I had loads of time in my hands. I was watching many a documentary and YouTube video <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's me, charity shops and vintage shops for the rest of time but I have a similar look on that with I love um the excitement of like finding new vegan meals and new vegan brands the yeah. same as I love creating outfits that I found at a charity shop because you have got kind of like smugness don't you you're like <laughs> I found this new vegan cereal bar today you're like, got this t-shirt from a charity shop and um, anyway I'm going on a tangent but I was tangent away. And I, yeah have to, is is the podcaster in me um, <laughs> I was looking up um beads last night, and like even some beads aren't vegan. Like, oh wow, example, really? Yeah, like freshwater pearls, of course, are technically not vegan. Mm. And I was like, oh no, I really wanted <laughs> to make a pearl necklace. Um, but you know, there's other things you can you can find. But yeah, yeah, it was really interesting, and like because I I'd love to for the jewelry i make and the masks i make to be as eco-friendly as possible yeah but i can't go on there being like eco-friendly necklaces when you know maybe they are plastic or acrylic or mm. you know um so that's been quite interesting uh as a trying to be sustainable small business it's funny isn't it starter. the things
0: that you find that just aren't vegan that you think are ah. We had a conversation oh, the other so day. Amazing. Sugar, sugar isn't vegan. White yeah. sugar. Really? Mm. Is the way that you? white sugar gets its color from is uh, a oh. process involved uh, bone. So technically, it's not vegan.
2: Crazy. Wow. I mean, I use coconut sugar. So I'm quite, I'm quite glad about that because yeah. I probably got really upset. I'd be like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. But First I use chocolate,
0: went... Then my cheese, not my I sugar. Know. <laughs>
2: I remember when I went, um, when I went veggie, uh, finding out that like Parmesan and pesto wasn't even veggie, Mm. like had rennet in it. I was like, this is crazy. Like things that you just assume are.
1: it's it's mad there's so many things that you just think yeah that's vegan and then you look at the back of it and bam it's got like 0.2 percent lactose in it and you're like yeah what's the need
2: why (laughs) it's the same with crisps like sometimes i'll eat vegan crisps that aren't even like specifically advertised as vegan it'll just be like random crisps Mm. and i'll be like so why are that why is the other packet not vegan why is the other Mm. packet milk powder in it just why do you need
1: that we don't need it we're we're basically trying to get um, Pringles to make their prom cocktail fra- flavor vegan because before we went vegan, we were obsessed vegan. with them, and now like, we're just oh. like, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't think we'll be doing that. And we're like, well, you should. <laughs> yeah, you should. When did you go vegan? Uh, so it was October 2019, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, oh. I've been I've been veggie for a a bit before that, um, and I was when I was a kid as well. And then I'd just been thinking about it a lot. And Lee's one of these people that he'll just give anything a try, just like for Love just that. for a bit. He'll just try it for a bit. And he was like, well, if you do it, I'll do it. We'll do it for a month and we'll see how we get on. And yeah, like a year and a half later, we're still here and we're doing still, a podcast yeah. about it. So I mean, so now there's no
2: going back because all the conversations are out there. So exactly, <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: You've reached... What many would call is a, a pinnacle dream. You've been the leading lady on on the West End. What's your dream now?
2: Yeah, um, it's really interesting because I was we were actually having this conversation on my podcast this morning with Jacasta. Um, I think, like I have really this year has been really amazing for me. Um, and whether it's been through the podcast conversations or just through having time sitting in my own thoughts (laughs) and I just want to be happy and like to be fulfilled in myself Mm -hmm. as a person because I think the I practice gratitude a lot and the awareness of how lucky I've been with my career uh, like having that awareness has kind of made me like again like what we said earlier we're always thinking what's next what's going to happen what's going to go wrong but I could be out of work for a year after Anne Julia. Like you just never know if, mm. with our, with our industry, it's co- constantly changing. Something might not be right for me for another three years or something. I don't know. Like so, I've really found the happiness in life outside of theatre, and yes. that doesn't mean I love it any less. Like I adore my job with my whole life, but you have to train your brain to not depend on it for your happiness yes so my first answer is to be happy and fulfilled and you know stable (laughs) in all (laughs) sense of the word um but I guess career wise I'd love to play a lead in a musical and then later in life the absolute dream is to be a tv presenter um I just would love to do it like getting to chat for a living (laughs) it's the dream (laughs) um so yeah I'd love to do that I'd love to do like whether it's maybe radio even or like this morning or like a game show loose women (laughs) like get me on that loose women table (laughs) um I heard it here first yeah, I mean, I, I will play this back when I'm one of the loose women, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm fascinated by their life. You know, mm. um, I just think TV, TV presenting is awesome and like the experiences you get with it and getting to chat to people and have like meaningful conversations, hopefully mm. is what I would want <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, I think that's the dream. Really, And I love that you're moment.
0: taking that into your own hands as well, starting the YouTube channel, starting the podcast. Yeah. It's like You're taking control of your career. You're not sitting back on your laurels. You're not saying, all right, I've done this now. Universe, you owe me. It's a case of you owe yeah. me nothing. I'm going to go out and I'm still going to fight for it. And I love that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of similar to like we were chatting today about like, uh, like a, a trainer had said to someone, if you, if you can't run anymore, cause you're too tired to run, then walk, don't stop. Mm. And like my, I know that I will start running again in terms of this potential career choice. When I, when the world reopens, shall we say, because I'm going to I'm planning on like messaging people to get some work experience, like maybe like making cups of teas and ITV and stuff. I'll do anything (laughs) to like be around that environment. Um, I'm lucky enough to like know some people who work for like some popular shows that I could maybe sit in on and have a little spy. Um, but obviously things like that have been like all depending to COVID. So obviously not at the moment. Um, I'm going to email people. I'm going to chat with agents. I'm going to do like TV presenting courses, like all these things. I know that happen when the world is open, but for now, I'm not just going to sit around and wait for that to happen. So I was just like, I just want to take matters in my own hands. What can I do now to work towards that career? Okay start a podcast get used to being in front of a camera get used to chatting to people get used to listening to the sound of my own voice (laughs) because I that took me a long time Um, and like getting the most out of a conversation and things like that and timings and yeah it's just yeah it I'm just trying to Every day I'm like, what can I, what's one tiny thing I can do today to that's amazing help me towards? And even if it's, that, that's like watching a YouTube video because sometimes I like, <laughs> the, my biggest achievement in the day is making my bed. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even do that. So yeah, I think, Like, even if I just watch a YouTube video of a presenter interviewing someone, I'm not only learning stuff from the interview, I'm also learning about how that person works.
1: And
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. I find that really inspirational. Like, sometimes it's easy to just sit back and be like, oh, but the pandemic's so hard. But actually listening Mm -hmm. to you talking there, I feel like very inspired. Oh, good. And,
2: you know, it's sometimes this world does really get to me and I'm just like I don't want to do anything today I don't want to and that is just as productive like rest is productive towards your goals like um yeah so let's
1: do a quick fire 60 second questions Ah. where we just ask you would you rather or are you ready are you ready ready?
0: (laughs) don't think about it first thing that comes into your head Okay. okay three two one go
2: Pineapple on a pizza yes or no? Yes.
1: Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite queen to play in six? Aragon. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. What are you watching at the moment? The good place. Tofu or corn? Corn. Champagne or wine? Ooh, champagne. And Juliet or six? <gasps> and Juliet. tea or coffee coffee your favorite vegan meal oh um a vegan chicken piccata nice would you rather win a tony or an olivier a tony what's your biggest pet peeve
2: oh um when people steal the duvet
1: (laughs) and who (laughs) who inspires you the most my parents oh well very done. cute that was, was that perfectly, 60, perfectly on, 60 in 60 seconds. seconds
2: i was actually quite impressed with myself there was only one like and ah! <laughs> 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 um, oh i love them
0: <laughs> good answers as well before we go Chris, where can people find you like your youtube your i hear you're on tiktok as well do you still do oh. the instagram <laughs> blog do you still do the instagram food blog
2: oh do you know what I don't I I've decided to just do it on my own page excellent because I'm just like gonna be uh, (laughs) unapologetic unapologetically um loving my vegan meals yes so you know I'm just gonna even if my followers are vegan I'm just gonna keep sharing away because even if they're not vegan I know for a fact that so many people are trying to cut down mm-hmm. so if I can help by sharing some of the meals that I'm cooking um, and I, I enjoy it I really love it when I share like a really nice like yummy risotto and someone's like how did you make this vegan I'm like well actually here's a yes, Um, I love stuff like that yeah um, and in terms of where can you find me um, can, can you imagine if I just gave my address <laughs> <laughs> um, the Grace Mowat so just Grace Moat. My name Emma on Instagram. Cut to the Grace on podcasts. Just Grace Moat on YouTube. Um, and that's it. Oh yeah, I'm on TikTok as well. Yeah, Twitter's Grace Moat. TikTok is like Grace Moat underscore. I think. Um, I'm I'm getting there with TikTok. I've been watching your
0: acting challenges, and they are hilarious.
2: It's where you're just like. Well, you're the worst. (laughs) They're like (laughs) loser, loser, loser. It's so funny. I found myself so funny doing that, and then I watched it back, (laughs) and I feel as my my boyfriend was like, "Do you know, like, some people might actually think you're being serious," and I'm like. (laughs) Well, that's even funnier if I think I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, those acting challenges make me laugh. Like I'm not laughing at the people. I'm just laughing at like the thing that people are actually acting through TikTok. Like it just makes me yeah. like, laugh. It's mad, me. isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, I might, I might go and do
1: some of them now. Good actually, idea. Get, make me happy. The last question we ask everybody and then we will let you get on with your evening. But if our listeners were to take one thing away from our chat today, what would you like that to be?
2: (gasps) Oh, oh my gosh. Love that question. I'd like you to take away that small steps are better than no steps at all, whether that's Mm. in a project you're doing or with veganism. Like I always... I don't know if you've had it before. Oh, here she goes on a tangent. I don't know if you've had it before, where like meat eaters feel like they have to justify yeah. what they're doing around you. So they would be like, "Oh, but I've I've cut out red meat," mm-hmm. or like, "I don't eat meat until Friday now." And it's just like, okay, like that's great, <laughs> like well done. Like, I just, I just, but I always say that. I say to them, like, small steps are better than none. Like yes. you're doing something, and that is that is the most you can do. And the majority of vegans now probably started that, started mm-hmm. at that. There's very little people I feel like went like cold turkey. Um, yeah. So just carry on doing that. And like, if you have a veggie meal or like, a yogurt or something. Um, if you have like a <laughs> vegan yogurt and you think it's just as nice as a normal yogurt, then just stop having normal yogurt. Yes, Stuff yes. like that. It's just so easy. So yeah, small steps are bigger than none, and rest is productive.
1: <gasps> That's amazing advice. okay <laughs> thank you so so much thank for coming you. and speaking to oh, us. Thank you for having Through me. I really loved appreciate it. it.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: I mean, I definitely fangirled a lot through that because Grace is so cool. There
0: were times (laughs) when I would just look at you and it's like, right, I'll carry on talking then, Emma, because you're just staring now.
1: (laughs) I just love her. She's so down to earth and so funny and so positive. She's like a proper influential person, I feel like. She talked a lot about the future And she's not just one of those people that's sitting back waiting for things to come to her. She's she's like actively seeking, like, I want to be a presenter in the future. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this to help me get there. And I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I love that she isn't just sitting back on her laurels and going, right, I've starred as a West End leading lady and Mm -hmm. that's it now. She's like, no, I want to do, I want to make these masks.
1: When we recorded this, she hadn't started up her jewellery line yet, but she now has. Yeah. Um since then. Actually this was recorded like in February when it was snowing and it's currently roasting where we <laughs> are. So I'm sorry it's taken so long to get to you, Grace. But um we wanted to save the best for last. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, her jewellery line, it, she brings out like these bespoke like necklaces and earrings and they sell out instantly. She has such a big fan base yeah. that just want to support her in everything she does. And yeah, she just She has so many different things on the go.
0: This is it. Like, you are never just an actor. You are never just a singer. Mm -hmm. You are never just a guitar player. Like, you can have your fingers in many, many other pies. Yeah. I mean, just look at the people who are doing it. I'm not saying that Grace isn't big. I mean, she is. Mm -hmm. But let's look at Will Smith. Let's look at The Rock. Let's look at Kevin Hart. They've all got all these many, many other businesses. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds has bought a football club. We were talking
1: about that the other day, weren't we? Because he has like a gin business or something, doesn't he? And he owns a UK football club. What the fuck?
0: (laughs) And Mint Mobile.
1: Like, yeah. Insane.
0: It is. So guys, if you're sitting back and you're bored and you're... (laughs) Just go out there and create. It doesn't have to be within the acting industry. It can be anything. Set up a podcast.
1: People seem to think that there's a bit of a, I don't know, like it's wrong to have a side hustle. It's not. And I don't think, it doesn't even have to be a side hustle. It doesn't even have to be for money. Believe me, we are not making any money on this podcast. We just want to talk. We just want to talk to people and find out interesting things about people. But yeah, Grace is doing, she's doing her masks. She's doing her jewelry. She's got a podcast. She's got a YouTube channel she's constantly busy. Constantly busy. But as she said, she can't just sit still. She's not one of those people. Whereas I'm really good at sitting down. But to be honest, I get bored.
0: And this is what I find with actors on social media quite a lot. They complain that they're not getting auditions. They complain that they're not getting self tapes. Actors, we like to complain. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) But if you keep busy, and this is what I was saying right at the beginning of this podcast, like, because I kept busy doing this podcast with you and, and my other podcast and I work for an actor's website because I was so busy. When that audition came through, I was like, boom, done, onto the next project. Mm-hmm. You, know you didn't I mean? have time
1: to sit and think no. about, oh, did I do that good enough? Was that good enough? Oh, when are they going to tell me? I mean, there was a little bit of that, but it was, you, you had other things to get exactly. on with. So for any actors out
0: there, just just keep busy I keep saying start a podcast. Everyone's got a podcast in them and it's something else to do whilst you're waiting for the auditions. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to be in that negative space when something does come up because the famous question at any casting is, what have you been up to recently? Mm. Oh, well, I've been writing. Have you though? Have you?
1: Oh, I've been sitting on my butt watching Netflix. That's me. <laughs>
0: oh, you go, do you know what? I started up this wicked podcast. It's all about veganism. It's about performers as well. It's my two interests. Really? Mm. And then that starts a conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, we'll pop links to to all of Grace's stuff as well. I think she's got an Etsy page and I think she sells on Depop and stuff as Mm. well. So we'll try and link as much as we can so you can go and support her. And when Anne Juliet opens up again, I believe that's in September, um, please, yeah, go and support her. She's in the ensemble um, and then obviously she covers Juliet as well. So we saw
0: Grace in the ensemble of Aunt Juliet. We did. And she really stood out to yeah, me, percent. she's just like this little, she's a little ball of energy, but a little ray of sunshine as well. She's got the Absolutely. biggest smile on stage.
1: She looked like she was having the best time. And I'm not saying the other people didn't, but she just, I just felt like she really appreciated where yeah. she was.
0: We talk a lot when we come out of the theatre about who impressed us and who didn't and blah, 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 because everyone's got an opinion. Doesn't mean anyone's wrong, but it's an opinion and obviously we talk about the main cast and very very rarely do we go and that person in the ensemble. Mm. I think Grace was the first person we spoke about yeah. in and Juliet before we even got into the main cast. Yeah. because she just loved being up there.
1: She just seems like she's having the absolute time of her life and she seems very grateful for what she's got because she said she said in in the interview that You know, she's worried she's maybe peaked too soon because it's going really well for her. Mm. But I think it's just literally because, number one, she's wickedly talented. That girl can do everything. Her voice is insane. Her dancing is awesome. Her acting is brilliant. But also because she's a really nice person. Yeah. And being a nice person genuinely does get you places. Who's the
0: actress who is in, like, every musical movie at the moment?
1: Every musical movie? Yeah,
0: blonde hair. She's in Mamma Mia.
1: Amanda Seyfried.
0: Yeah, I see Grace going down her career.
1: Do you think so? I'm putting it on record <laughs> right now. She's better than Amanda Seyfried.
0: <laughs> That's the career Grace is going to have. She's going to hit musicals, she's going to hit uh, film musicals, mm. and it's just going to explode for her. I've said it Heard first. it
1: here first. Grace, don't forget us when you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please do go and support her. Um, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed that interview. I know we really did. And it was it was fun to talk to her. Um, and we did get a little carried away talking about other cast members that you may not have heard of. I'd apologies for that if you felt a little left out, but go and look them up because they are all oh, amazing. Knowledge is
0: power in this industry. The more you know, the more people you know, the further you're going to get.
1: Yeah. But on that note...
0: That is the end of season one of the Plant Based Performers podcast. Thank you so much to all our listeners, whether you've just dipped in and out or if you've listened... Right from the start, you know, we appreciate every single one of you. We do have our YouTube channel, which, even though we're taking a break from the podcast, we'll still be doing reaction videos and maybe a vlog here and there. There's two videos on there already. If you haven't, please give them a watch. We are at youtube.com forward slash plant based performers.
1: Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at pbperformerspod as well. We're on TikTok at pbperformerspod. Yeah, oh, still haven't figured out the TikTok. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and of course, we've got our own um, socials as well, at Lee Petcher and at Amelia Rose Vocal on everything.
0: We will be back in the not too distant future. Uh, we are constantly looking for guests. So please... If you feel like you want to come on and just chat, you don't have to be at Grace Moat level. No, of course not. Anybody can just come on and chat about I've, I've fangirled
1: over every single one of our guests because they've, they've all been all amazing. amazing.
0: Snap. <laughs> Snap. And hopefully going forward, Emma and I are chatting about this, but we might even just release the videos of the interviews going forward no editing just so you can see the guests as well really build up our YouTube following
1: yeah so of course subscribe leave us a rating if you're listening at Apple and uh, don't worry we will be back soon
0: I have been Lee Petcher
1: I've been Amelia Rose
0: there's Oreo in his cage I think he's fallen out with us at the moment
1: (laughs) no he's not he's just making himself comfy
0: (laughs) (laughs) and we have been putting veganism back in the spotlight thanks for joining we had a blast on the plant-based before